0: We had some major losses this week, and one of them, I immediately when I learned about the passing of Olivia De Havilland, the very first thing I did is text Bradley Trainer because if there's one thing I know about both you, Holly, and Bradley Trainer, old Hollywood is like a sweet spot for both of you. Oh, yeah. And I have heard the name Olivia de Havilland, I can't tell you how many times in the last few years, working with the two of you. And um, always, always in reference to the fact that she was older than the Hills and that she was like a last fixture of the golden age of Hollywood. And so I thought, you know, I'm not probably the only one who's not well-schooled on who Olivia de Havilland was, and so, Holly, I've asked for your es- expertise, your expertise today and telling us kind of why, I mean, of course, any loss of any person is a big deal, but why specifically the loss of Olivia de Havilland at the age of 104, by the way, um, was such a huge deal?
1: Yeah, to your point, Holly, and Olivia de Havilland was really the one of the last living links To the golden age of Hollywood. Now, there are still, you know, I say that with a caveat because there are still a couple of child actors that are still alive. One would be Margaret O'Brien. She's the little girl that Judy Garland sings to. Oh, yeah. Have yourself a very uh, Christmas.
0: (laughs) Have yourself a merry little Christmas. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, uh, so she's still alive. And also, uh, some people don't know that Dean Stockwell, Al from Quantum Leap, He was an MGM child star, and he starred in movies with Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra, and so they're still alive, but their experience of being classic Hollywood stars is very different because they were children back in the day. Olivia de Havilland was a grown bleep woman, and she was really our last adult link to the golden age of Hollywood. She starred in Gone with the Wind. Just to put that into perspective, that movie well, came out in 1939, and she was an adult actor nominated for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in that movie. And
0: how interesting is it that Gone with the Wind has been on our lips uh, recently due to some of the unrest and uh, that we've been experiencing and the um, decision of uh, streaming services to pull it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and this is a, a movie that Olivia de Havilland was well known for.
1: Yeah, so it's one of those perspectives, just thinking about yourself. You, in 2020, your adult self. Well, Olivia de Havilland was having those experiences back when Gone with the Wind was coming out. That's crazy. That's crazy. But there are a couple things, Colleen, I think that we should appreciate Olivia de Havilland because she was a bad bleep. She was amazing. She is the reason, Olivia de Havilland, that we have Hollywood in the iteration that we have right now. So you might not know this, but Olivia, there's a law That is called the de Havilland Law. And it's because Olivia de Havilland sued her movie studio because of contracts. So back in the day, back in the golden age of Hollywood, there were big movie studios like MGM, Warner Brothers, Columbia, etc. And the way that they worked with actors is that they would sign them to seven-year contracts. Mm. And essentially, they would own you for seven years. But the problem with these contracts is is that they would be for seven years, but the studios would do a workaround and be like, "Mm, okay, so this is for seven years, but this is for seven years that you're actually working on the set. And we're only going to count the days that you're actually working towards your (gasps) seven years. Right? So they're trying to be a little dirty, dirty with those contracts. And Olivia de Havilland, and with those contracts, I'll add, that they were very restrictive. You showed up to work. And you did the movies that they told you that you would do. You could not complain. You could not petition. You couldn't do anything because you were under that contract. Well, Olivia de Havilland, being one of many stars under these contracts, was really upset by this. She was under under contract with Warner Brothers because it would be like, All right, Olivia, we're going to have you play the ingenue for the 13th time. And she's mm-hmm. like, "No, I don't want to do the ingenue anymore. I I am an actor. I am an artist. I want to stretch my wings, and I actually want to get out of this contract.
0: You know, one of the people that that when we think about those contracts, that that springs to my mind, and I, I'm sure to a lot of people's minds, is Judy Garland, because you we we have heard." a lot about what those contracts did to her as a person. When the studio owns you, they own every part of you. Right. Um, And so, you know, they were shoving pills down her throat to try to keep her a certain size. Um, And we know that as part of her story, a tragic part of her story. And all of that is due to the way that the studios contracted with the actors.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so, Olivia de Havilland wasn't having any of this, and so she sued. She filed a lawsuit in 1943 against Warner Brothers. She's awesome for She's this. awesome. Now, she, and she understood by filing this lawsuit that it could ruin her career mm-hmm. and that she could never work in Hollywood again. And she persevered. She persevered for over a year and a half, and they settled in Olivia de Havilland's favor. And that was the beginning of the end of the Hollywood studio system with that kind of cavalcade of Mm. actors. And then eventually, you know, there are a bunch of number of things that eventually led to the Hollywood we know today, but because she had the guts to stand up against studio bosses like Jack Warner...
0: I love this. Yeah,
1: that we have the studio or we have Hollywood in a way
0: that uh, benefits actors and we wouldn't have had it without her. That is so fascinating. Yeah. Um, But that's not the only reason why we should, you know, that's a big reason, you know, that's like a mark on history. But there were also elements of Olivia de Havilland's. Okay, I'm going to start over. (laughs) There are also elements of Olivia de Havilland's personal life that were very interesting, like uh, her relationship with her sister, right?
1: Oh, Colleen. Oh, This is like the juiciest, one of the juiciest Hollywood feuds of all time. So Olivia de Havilland had a sister, equally talented actress named Joan Fontaine, and they hated each other. Now, the roots of their hatred, essentially, it's just like you have a sibling and you don't get along with them. Mm-hmm. That, Like, that's it. They, it seems like from the get-go, from everything that I can understand, they just did not get along. They just did not like each other. And it predated anything that had to do with their Hollywood career. So I'm going to give you this example of what happened back in the day. So Olivia de Havilland was the editor at their high school newspaper. And they're only 15 months apart, so naturally they went to high school together. Yeah. Here's what Olivia apparently published as a fake will in this newspaper in high school. Olivia, quote... Wrote a fake will. And it said, I bequeath to my sister the ability to win boys' hearts, which she does not have at present. Oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh. That is some heist. That is petty corner junction material right there. So this played out for like That is like some real
0: housewives. You know what?
1: Oh, I mean, total housewife stuff. Apparently, Joan Fontaine, the story goes that she met with the producer of Gone With the Wind, David O. Selznick, to read for the role of Scarlett O'Hara, because everybody did that back in the day. That was super coveted. It was like basically the casting of Anastasia Steele in Mm Fifty Shades of Grey. Everyone read for it. So she read with it with the producer. And then the producer, David O. Selznick, said that she was too glamorous for the role. And so upon hearing that, she was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, I can, you know... Send over Olivia, the, the <laughs> glamorous person for this role. And she eventually played Melanie and she was nominated for an Oscar for that oh role. Oh, my God. They also were nominated for Oscars at the same time, sitting at the same table. And Joan Fontaine, the little sister, won the Oscar. I mean, there is so oh. uh, We don't have time. To go into the Petticorder Junction of Olivia de Havilland and Joan Fontaine. But understand this. It's the equivalent of the Hemsworth brothers and the Kardashians fighting with each other for decades. Did they ever reconcile? No, not oh, really. Oh, wow. No, they they kind of did. And then their mom passed away in the 70s. And then they just hated each
0: other. And then it all started their, again. It, and
1: then it all just started again. So wow. Petticorder, here's the thing. On the Colleen and Bradley story, we'd like to talk about Petty Quarter Junction. We'd like to talk about ships.
0: we talk about all of these things. Understand that these are not new concepts Mm-mm. at all. Mm-mm. No, but this, but this feud between these sisters was not for publicity. No. This was a real situation. Yeah. Now we would see it play out in such a different way. And right. it would be for publicity, right? But this was like... Legit. Legit. Okay, and then and then she and then Olivia de Havilland, who died at the age of 104 over the weekend. Um, she also had an entanglement, and not in the Jada Pinkett Smith way, with um Ryan Murphy, the producer.
1: Yeah, but one of the reasons we talked about Olivia de Havilland in the past couple of years is because she sued Ryan Murphy because of that show Feud Betty and Jones. So that yeah. was Ryan Murphy's Real life story of the feud between Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Olivia de Havilland was like, "Mm, I was not the biatch that you said I was and I was not gossipy. So she sued him (laughs) and it went all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. They rejected it. They're like, no, we're not really going to get into this petty quarter junction over here. But you know what? Here's the thing with Olivia de Havilland. I don't I never met the woman. But from all I can tell and all the accolades that she received, she was the real deal. And she was willing to toe the line in a way that not many celebrities are willing to do. Yeah, it sure
0: sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, and and she really did pave the way for so many strong women in Hollywood to dig their heels in and get get stuff done in a way that benefits the actor and not... The people who benefit from the actor, yeah, every, right.
1: Yeah, every singer, single actor in Hollywood definitely owes a debt, debt of
0: gratitude to, to Olivia. De no kidding, that is wild. Well, Holly, thank you for schooling us. Oh, you're
1: welcome.